0: To be with you, and um, I'm passing out the handouts to um, Pastor this morning, so he's, it d- d- didn't take very long. Scott's in the booth, um, but we're grateful that you are joining us live, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you this morning. I know we're in the midst of um, a unique time frame, but um, I really feel that, you know, not just based off what our president started to say and our governor, but I really believe this is going to um, start to break and we're going to be back to some form of normalcy. I know we'll never be the same, but um, the beauty of, beauty of all this is God knows exactly what he's doing and what we should be doing, and much of that is just partnering with what his spirit is doing in this hour. And so this morning, I want to... Um, I want to share with you, and I, and I know Scott has this handout on the on the website. Um, for those of you that are joining and it's new to you, just make sure you go to saintsnetwork.net, go to media, and right up to, above the media player, you'll find uh, the handout there that you can you can pull up online, download it, save it, print it out, and have it there with you. Um, so I do have to I do have to confess I really like the online things that we're, we're doing. It's very, very um, uh, powerful. Um, and w- with the beauty of the internet and the tools, we can, we can do a lot of different things. So, <clears throat> you know, rather than, you know, the enemy would love for us to, you know, really focus on, well, we can't assemble together. Well, that might be true, but we are, it's just in a different way. Thankfully, we can do that. And I know that um, I'm grateful, and you are as well. So, um, this morning, I want to share with you a word that um, that I received just you know three or four days ago. I, I was um, I was just reading one night before going to bed, and um, I was reading a specific. Didn't have any real direction as I was reading. I just thought, well, I'll, I'll take a look at this this passage of scripture, and as I started to read this title just leapt off the page, never seen it this way. And as soon as I saw this in the scripture, immediately, you know, my mind starts going to the current situation that we're in with this this crazy virus and all the different um, um, things you hear from the media. and, And I'm really, to be honest with you, I'm just kind of at a point with the media where it's like, can we talk about other things besides, every time you get up, it's like coronavirus, coronavirus, and it's all day long. All I mean, every, and, 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 and I like to, to be informed, but I feel like this is just, man, it over, being over-informed, if that's even a word, but um, I know we need to be wise as serpents. But at, at, on, on the other hand, I think some people use wisdom when it's really them operating out of fear. Um, and I say that not trying to make anybody feel bad, but, you know, I know the Lord has spoken in a lot of different ways to all of us. But, you know, I can only I remember when he when he when he when he showed me the the, the passage about where our help comes from and how he's preserving his his people, that's all I need is a word from the Lord, and I know that he's taking care of all of us, Now that doesn't mean I don't try to adhere to, you know, what the, the authorities are saying governmentally. We do our best, but even in the midst of it, I'm not going to get up and focus on, you know, woe is me or woe is us as a country of coronavirus, you know, it's just overtaking us. We have to be very careful that we don't, speak things that are not in alignment with what God's saying. And if he says he's taking care of us and preserving all of us from every type of evil, then that's what he's doing. And we 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 act that way. I mean, we don't, you know, like yesterday was the first day that we were supposed to be wearing masks if we were out. I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm complying, but when I'm wearing this thing, I can't breathe, and then I can't see because my glasses are fogging up. And I'm Trisha and I are do, running some errands, and I'm thinking, Lord, please remove this stuff. This is more of a, a, a pain in the posterior than anything else right now. I, 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 def, I can't stand. And she's got this customized mask, it looks like um, all these people are wearing bandanas, and it's like I'm waiting on the the, the guns to come out, and feel like you're in the wild, wild west there, you know, everybody's wearing this, it's just really, it's really funny, but it's not funny, and and, uh, we have to laugh at things like this, I know it's, some people, they're, man, it's just like it's the end of the world to them. And, and, I, and I refuse to live that way. I am not going to, and I don't think God wants us living, say, calling it wisdom when it's actually embedded in fear. Because a lot of what people are saying, oh, be wise, you know, be sensible, you know, obey the authority. I get all of that. But at the same token, two minutes later, they're saying something that is fear-based. We don't need to be that way. And so I just encourage all of you and myself Let's continue down this pathway. God is not confused. He knows exactly when this thing is going to end. And I feel that it's going to be soon. It's going to be soon because there's there's much work to be done. And as Pastor has alluded to over the many, many weeks, there's things already set in motion. And God knows that. And he's not going to let things like that that he's established not to take place. So I know, I know it doesn't look like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. Some would think, but there's light there. It's coming forth. We just need to believe God that he's going he's gonna to deal with this. And uh, when it's time, it's going to lift. But no matter what we face, no matter what's going on around us, we know one thing. He wants us to continually intercede and partner with his spirit in what he's doing. You know, he, he is doing things in the midst of all this chaos and in the midst of all this fear. And, you know, in the enemy realm, these guys, you know, they're, it's really interesting when you, when you start to reflect and you start looking back at, you know, what God said over the last, I don't know, let's say the last six to eight months, if if we look back at some of the themes, I believe we can see a, a thread that God never showed anybody here that I'm aware of that this coronavirus was coming, but I mean, if you look back at how we were we were going into darkness, and I mean, the themes of that would indicate something that's gross, right? Gross darkness. Um, so he, he did kind of alert us in some ways, but Maybe not give us the specifics and go, hey, this thing is coming. You know, this country over here has, has um, released something and it's going to affect America. Um, and you got all kinds of voices rising up in this hour. You know, if you go to YouTube and you, you were to do a search, everybody and his brother would tell you, oh, yeah, God showed me in a dream this thing was coming or this or that. And I don't know, it, uh, but he, he didn't show any of us specific details and and I'm not going to question God. I'm just always going to I want to be one that goes, "Okay, I've got enough information to know kind of what's coming and I can prepare." But I mean, only only he knows why this thing has been allowed because if he didn't want this to affect our country, he could easily just step in and say, "This is not happening." He has the he has the power, the right, and the authority to do that. But for some reason, he just he didn't he didn't do this but anyway let's let's get back to and this is part of this teaching so whenever i read this passage and we'll we'll see it here in a few minutes um where there was a group of people there was something miraculous that happened and the people declared that they had never seen it done this way and and and, and the word that's we're going to look at throughout this teaching is the word Kofos and it's, it's a term where um, it's translated as dumb. And, and we know that the word dumb there, and I've got it for you laid out, it means someone that has been blunted of being able to hear or speak. and it's used 14 times in the New Testament. And so what I did was I started pulling up this word because that was that was the Greek term that was used it was referencing a dumb man and it's not dumb in ignorance or uneducated has nothing to do with that but there are enemy forces that have specialized corrupted ability to cause these types of things within individuals and even I believe within churches and 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 they have the ability to to cause things to happen in people's lives and, and, and cause all manner of, um, uh, of evil. And, you know, the Lord's really gifted a lot of us to be able to, you know, I, I remember, and I'm kind of not stumbling around here, but I'm going somewhere with this. I remember, and I've, I've mentioned this story um, on several occasions, but growing up in, in a Christian home, um, I was blessed to have that. You know, my parents raised me in, in a way that, um, uh, that they knew. And, um, but even as a young boy, I was having these spiritual encounters that I didn't really understand. And I was, um, a lot of times it would happen at night, not always, but a lot of times at night, demonic spirits would come through, come through the walls in my bedroom and attack me as a young boy. And so much so, one night, I remember one coming through and just grabbing me around my throat and just trying to strangle and kill me in the middle of the night. And I mean, this was something that I literally felt, this is not something that just was, it, it was happening in the physical, but it was a spiritual thing too. And 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 all I remember doing as a young boy, all I knew to do at that point was to call on the name of Jesus. So I said his name. I said, "Jesus, help me." And in that moment, I felt and I saw the hands of this demonic creature removed from my my around my neck, and he just went back out through the wall. And and that started happening as a young boy. And the more that I think about that over the over the over the years, you know, there were demonic forces that 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 tried to keep me as a young boy from operating in giftings that I didn't know I had at that point. But one in particular was being able to 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 speak on behalf of the Lord. I was so... I used the term shy, but it was beyond shyness. It was to the point where I would not say a word to anyone, not even my parents. And the only time that I would, would speak would be whenever... Um, I was under the influence of a lot of other things. Let's just say that. Um, and then that's a whole whole nother story. But I'm bringing this point up to show how these demonic forces, they specialize in causing people not to be able to hear. They can close up people's hearing, and they can close up their ability to see. And And when we read these things, a lot of us, you know, I remember... I would see these things merely from a physical standpoint, and that's there. But beyond the physical, these these beings want to affect the spiritual capabilities of people that have true gifts. And so, for many years, I mean, years, I would not say one word. And now, a lot of you are probably thinking, "Well, wow, I don't need, that doesn't make any sense at all." It's kind of like. Saul when he became Paul. I mean, that whole conversion experience is what revolutionized who he was. And so that's what happened with me. And it's kind of interesting. I, I mentioned that, but because I recently connected, and I mean just a couple of days ago with a, a person that I grew up with in my hometown. He is now a pastor of a church in um, Gladewater Texas and we connected a couple of days ago I don't know how this came about but um, it's interesting because I remember who he was and and he was you know the enemy had him by the throat too I mean he was one that was gifted but we've connected and and he and his his family he's been there for 10 years at this church pastoring it in, in Texas. And he says he comes up here three or four times a year. And I said, well, next time you're here, let's meet up so we can talk. And uh, just hearing him use terminology like he said, fight on, you know, keep sharing the gospel and uh, you know, all those things. Um, back then when we were teenagers and I was into sports a lot, um, playing baseball and, and, and different things like that, that it, it's just the enemy... The enemy does not want people operating the way God created them to. And this touches, can touch every area of, of our lives. I mean, there's meaning in this in every way. So for me, I know now that there was a demonic force that overshadowed me for much of my, my young life and my teenage years and going into my early 20s. Where I wouldn't speak, I wouldn't say a word, and 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 I remember the Lord telling me that this was a this deaf and dumb demonic spirit that was causing you not to do that because of what I placed inside you. And now like anybody that anybody that knows me and, and knows um, who I was, a lot of you don't know the before Christ person. A lot of people in my hometown do. And they were just mesmerized. They could not believe the transformation that took place over 20 years ago. And it was like, here, here's Saul who's persecuting Christians, and now he's on the opposite end of the spectrum, and he's, he's proclaiming Jesus Christ as the Son of God. It, and that's kind of the thing that happened with me. But... Uh, I'm, I'm really belaboring this point because there are people, you know, I had the opportunity to, to share with a group of people recently. and one of the questions from this person was related to what I'm telling you about. They at one point, they early on when they were a kid, they had these phenomenal giftings and these different things that were happening, and then all of a sudden, they just it, everything just stopped for many, many years. And they were wondering if there was a demonic force, overshadowing them and trying to block them from operating in those gifts. And I said, it's a possibility. I mean, I didn't have a word from the Lord, but it's always possible because when we go through these these passages here, we're going to see specific specializations from these demonic forces. So let's look at Matthew 9, and this speaks of this concept of the deliverance of a dumb man. Matthew 9, beginning in verse 27, it says, And when Jesus departed, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said, Yea, Lord. Then he touched, and that's the Greek word haptomai from hapto, meaning to set someone on fire. He touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, they spread abroad his fame in all that country. And as they went, behold, they brought him a dumb man possessed with a devil. (coughs) That's very interesting. they were majorly impacted, and their vision was open. And immediately, as they're going, they find someone else that they know has been affected by. Um, and, and it says he's a dumb man. He his hearing has been taken from him, and his sight has been taken from him. And it's and it's because this demonic spirit has possessed him. This particular spirit will. can possess people to the point, and I'm not saying I was possessed, I'm just saying I was influenced by this type of spirit where I wouldn't speak, I wouldn't, I mean, I could see, but the the primary thing that I'm focusing on with me here was the, the ability to speak, and you know, any type of evangelistic gifting will encompass the speaking the word of the lord that's that's part of an evangelistic gifting so the fact that this enemy force would do this indicates to me how um strategic these beings are i mean why me even as a young boy what am i going to really do how could how could they're interested in trying to block things from flowing properly um so And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled. Now, I know pastors taught a lot about, you know, there's several times in in, in the Gospels where Jesus marveled. In this case, we've got multitudes marveling. And I know there's something here in that the Lord is about to do something in the midst of this coronavirus, that is going to cause people to multitudes of people to marvel. Now this is just the beginning because we know things are things are going to get darker just prophecies in the scripture. Things are going to get darker. But I believe this is preparation for all of us and those that are listening that God recognizes exactly what's going on and there's going to be this this marveling, when God begins to really step in and begin to move in power, multitudes of people are going to marvel at what happens. And that's what's going on in this case. And it involves someone uh, that was, was uh, this demonic force was, was causing him not to be able to hear nor be able to use visual giftings at all, in the physical and in the spiritual. And to marvel there, it just means to wonder or to admire. And what's interesting, though, is if you trace it back to its root, this word here is from, goes back to theomai. And if you recall teachings on that term, theomai is a, is a visual term, but it's being able to be in a, a situation where God is moving and being able to identify it. It's, it's like Peter In Acts 2, where the Spirit's being poured out, nobody's, a lot of people are like going, oh, it's this, it's that, it da da da. But Peter comes to the forefront and he goes, you know what? No, this is one of these Theomai moments, a God moment. This is that which was prophesied by Joel. And it's just really interesting. So the marveling part of it is going to be it's going to be the release of the Spirit of the Lord, but it's going to be in combination with someone identifying that release, which is really, and that's going to create this marveling type of, um, I don't don't know if it's an atmosphere, but it's, um, you'll be able to feel it and you'll be able to know it, is, is what I'm trying to say. Now, listen to what they say next. They're marveling and they say, it was never so seen in all of Israel. And that's where this phrase just leaped off the page, and where this, this teaching comes from. People had never seen this. And it says, not just in a little city or not just in a little church, but in all of Israel. That entire group, nation there had not seen something like this until now. And my spirit was like, Lord, you are on the move and you're going to be doing, you're going to do something in the midst of this coronavirus thing. I don't know exactly what it's going to be. I don't know what it, it doesn't matter. It's just like the the Lord tells us just enough to get us knowing he's going to do something miraculous and he's going to change things. And in this case, it just so happened to be a dumb man being able to, to hear and to see, oh, we could really apply that one there. We need this. We need the ears and the eyes of of, of his body operative in churches and in people and, and throughout the entire world. And, and that's, that's true. So as you, as you see this and as we look at this together, I know God is really speaking some <laughs> profound things to you in your life and in whatever area of ministry you're in. And, in, and, and look what happens in verse 34, though. You've got multitudes marveling, and then you've got the Pharisees are, are saying, he cast out devils through the prince of the devils. In that mix, you've got the voice of the multitudes declaring, this: is, we haven't seen this before like this, God's doing this, but in the midst of it, now his, the work of the Lord is being attributed to one of the principalities known as Beelzebub, in the midst of what's going on here, uh, and, and, and we know that Beelzebub is, is the one that coordinates the demonic supply in the enemy realm. We know that. I mean, if you look at the different passages where Jesus spoke about him, it talks about him taking the spoils and, and distributing them and doing all this stuff. So it's there. It's just people have never heard that before, even though it's in the Scripture, um interesting that he that's a, that this is attributed to, why would they even begin to say Beelzebub, why, why not any of the other princes that are mentioned? Well, if you look, later on we're going to see it it speaks of this same type of spirit being a foul spirit, and foul there is the word that is unclean, impure. So, Blocking the pure flow would be something that Beelzebub could coordinate, right? He would try to block that and then try to release that supply out to the other uh, forces in the the enemy realm. It makes perfect sense. But the fact that the Pharisees knew that, that, that's kind of got me kind of wondering, okay, they had some type of insight into this, but it was the twisted side. So when God really begins to move like this... In the midst of this marveling that he's releasing, we need to be ready for, for voices around us are going to start saying, you know, they're operating and they're really using Beelzebub in this. and we, We've got to be ready for that because the human side of us, every one of us has this, is going to be prone to go, uh, um, might, might be prone to just start attacking the other person, but we're going to see how Jesus responded. So in the midst of that, how did he respond? He continues on with the mission in the midst of demonic opposition. Verse 35, Jesus says, "It says Jesus went all the cities, all the villages. He didn't address them at this point. <laughs> A lot of us would go, if somebody's telling me I'm demonic, I'm almost going to tell them how the cow eats the cabbage, right? I mean, we, that's the human side to us. He didn't do that here. He didn't acknowledge anything that they were saying. And I think we have to to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit because we're going to see in other cases where this happened, in other passages, where he turned and he directly addressed it, but he didn't do it here. So what does that mean for, for us? That means there's times where when things like this begin to happen and people are marveling at it and we're being accused of using demonic power to cast out devils, we need to know whether we need to speak to those or just keep moving on the mission. And in this case, he just kept moving on the mission and did not let that affect him um, in in the mission. Now look at how he responds in verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he's looking at the multitudes that are marveling, he was moved with compassion. Inside him, the, the, the splachnon, the, uh, which, or here it's the splachnidzomai, which is from splachnon. It's the, the inner bowels, the, the spleen. There's been teaching done on that. There's something that happens within him in this context. When he sees the multitudes, he says he's moved in this way t- for two reasons. Number one, because they fainted. And number two, there's a scattering. So scattering is another characteristic of Beelzebub, right? He comes to scatter and to bring, um, um, get people out of unity. And it's just so much, I mean, just saying those words is what's going on in our country, among many other things. But we need to know in the midst of demonic opposition, God is still there. His heart. In this case, the, the moving of the compassion within him, he's still looking at multitudes because they're fainting, or, or multitudes or, or groups of people because they're, they're being scattered. And, and he and even goes further and says, They're like sheep having no, no shepherd. So he's looking for a shepherding influence in the midst of this. That's another key for us. <laughs> that is powerful. He's looking for someone that can come alongside the, the, the multitudes and people and say, you know what, I need you to operate in a pastoral manner the way we know it. I need you to be someone that can show the people, hey, this is what God's doing. This is the atmosphere. The atmosphere was a marveling one, not a demonic one. So we see the pastor operating through Jesus in a way that I mean, he doesn't say, hey, I'm operating in a pastoral office. But the fact that he's, he mentions it here indicates he's kind of functioning in those characteristics. And I see it here. And then his disciple, and then he turns to his disciples and he says, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray, day I, attach yourself to what I'm doing. And pray that the Lord of the Harvest will send forth laborers into His harvest, and that's key too. The type of prayer that's being offered here in the midst of this is a deamai type of of prayer and supplication that's being offered. There's there, there's a lot of I mean, I mean we have got haptomai that's there, the fire of the Lord. We've got, um, I mean, there, I don't want to go back through all of it, but it's just it just really really. And I, I, f- I forgot to mention the word when they said it's never been seen this way. Seen there is, is phano, and it, it, it means to lighten or to show something forth. Um, and that's where, you know, the term phanerosis comes forth or the, the showing forth of something. That's really incredible, too, because when they say we have never seen it this way, they're saying we, this has never been shown like this in, 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 in it, all of Israel up to this point. That's a pretty profound statement. And I believe that in the midst of coronavirus and other things that are to come, God is going to begin to really start to move on the behalf of His people that are in partnership with Him. And Joe Blow, Tom Blow, whoever it is can say, oh, I had a big dream here. I believe that our intercession over 20 years ago, some of it was addressing some of the things that we're facing now. We didn't realize it. But you have to know, by virtue of what the Scripture says, when we pray in, in, in the Spirit, we're speaking to God. And I believe we were speaking to Him about things like this many, many years ago. You have to believe that. I mean, you really do. You don't have to, but I mean, that's what the Scripture says. So what were we talking to God about 20 years ago? Was it just about uh, all the books that had been written? Yes, but it was much more than that. <laughs> It, I think it involved these things, and I, and I know that I just want to encourage everybody that don't don't stop praying, you know, don't stop, you know, making your home a, a dwelling place as we've been um, directed to do. I mean, this is a great time. This is a great time. It's trying. We're all cooped up with one another, but but there's a lot of benefit from where, you know, um, if I'm working and, and I feel the, the drawing of the spirit, I can stop for a moment and I can lay down on the floor in my house and intercede for five minutes and then get back and go to work. I mean you can't do that if you were confined to an office where you've got 15, 20 people around you, right? Well, I guess you could, but you would be a laughing stock. So I mean, I, I, I really enjoy this. I think the Lord is preparing us for how he's gonna be building. Uh, the network and the church across the world. And, and he's, it's just really interesting. And, and I'm enjoying it. I really am. I like seeing everybody, but I do like the uh, virtual uh, utilizing tools like this. It's really great. Now, what's interesting here, I didn't touch on this, but I put a little um, note here on your, on your handout about the marveling multitudes. The marveling multitudes are mentioned twice in this chapter in Matthew 9. If you look back at Matthew 9, 1-8, the, the, the multitudes are marveling because an individual that was, that was a paralytic has been healed miraculously. And it says they, the multitudes marveled. So go back and read that. And then they marvel again here in the deliverance of this, this individual that was considered dumb, not able to hear, not able to see. And I kept seeing that theme as I, as I would go through this is, is the multitudes kept coming up as well. So let's look at the demonic beings. In, in, in this case here, the, the purpose. they Now, I can't explain all of this, <laughs> but they were definitely focused on the visual and the auditory capabilities of individuals. I mean, we just saw one. How did this man... I don't think any person opens, them, opens themselves up and says demonic spirits come possess me I don't think it starts that way (laughs) there may be some like that that are true Satanists and I believe that but the majority of people it doesn't happen that way I believe it starts by um, it's very subtle it's the half God said thing like the enemy used in, in, in the garden it starts off that way, or in, or in my case, when I was a young boy, I didn't ask these demonic spirits to come through and try to kill me at night. I didn't ask for that. Nobody wants that. It just happens. So why, why would demonic forces be interested in individuals like this? I mean, if we, if, we, if we reflect back all the way to the rebellion, and we rewind that far back, They have to know the power, even in their corrupted state, of someone operating where they hear the voice of the Lord and they see the things that are going on in the spirit. They know the importance of that. And I believe that's why they focus on people that God has gifted in this way. So in Matthew 12, we have another instance where this kophos is used. In Matthew 12, verse 22 through 28, it says, Then was brought unto him one Possessed with a devil, blind, and dumb. So this is threefold here in this one. So notice there's another similarity here. It's not that there's a mass of people that, that are being brought to him. It's one person. These demonic forces, they know who has the goods. And, and, and we need to see that. And it says, and he healed them. They're a insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed. Amazed here is a different Greek term. Uh, so it's, it's not the same as um, uh, the marveling, but it's, it's, it's a cousin of marvel. And said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does cast out devils, but by Beelzebub... The prince of devils. So just in case someone got confused on the last passage, it didn't say Beelzebub, but it says, who's the prince of devils? Beelzebub. And for those of you that have had challenges for many years with the principality names, it doesn't say Satan here, and it doesn't say it's another name of Satan. It says a specific prince, Which is a root word, or excuse me, a derivative of arche, and that's where principality comes from. So, some people they they just they hear something and they think that's not true. Beelzebub is Satan; it's just another name for him. Why would God do that to us? It's like he's trying to trick us or something. I mean, he's he's always specific. I mean, he's saying one one person out of the multitude came. I mean, why when he went to. the disciples, and he called each one of them, um, he called them specifically by name, right? So he uses specificities when he's talking about things. And, and I'm saying this because as I was studying this, I thought, man, how can somebody miss that, that, that insight that's there? I mean, it's, it's, it's so prevalent. So the way that God has revealed things to us over the years And this just recently happened too, just in casual conversation. People are astounded by how we say things and the way that we say them. They're they're, they're stunned by it, but really they're they're amazed by just the way God has revealed these things to us. And it, it, it is pretty amazing when you think about it. When most of the church world says Satan, Beelzebub, and all the other ones, they're all one and the same. But we come alongside and we say, you know what, no, the scripture doesn't, doesn't say that. I mean, we're going against the grain of, 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 of a large percentage of the church when we say that, even though it's scriptural. So that's why I'm belaboring this point is I want people to see where this is in the scripture. And pastor didn't just wake up one day like Joseph Smith and find something under a tree and go, oh, that's it right there. It's in here. It's right there. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, this is a very picturesque word here. The word for thoughts here means um, their inward deliberations. All the different things that are going through their minds. It's like a deliberation chamber up there in their mind. That's what this is. He, he, he knows that. And so at this point, what does he do? Does he just keep going to, from city to city? No, he uses a different tactic in this situation. And he says to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, laid waste. So why, why in one situation does he just go, you know what, you've accused me of, u- of using the, uh, Beelzebub to cast out this, keep moving on the mission. But in this case, he says, you know what, I've got to address this now. That's kind of the way it is with us and our walk with him. He's going he's to require us to go, I hear what you're saying, but I'm staying focused on the mission. I hear what you're saying, media. Coronavirus, yeah, it's pretty bad, okay, but we're still <laughs> moving forward on the mission. We're not going to let that d- deter us or distract us and move us away. And I don't know, maybe at some point... We might, we are addressing it. I mean, we are speaking the good word of the Lord. And I believe it's going to break. But I bring us back to the point of just knowing and being sensitive to know do we speak, do we address, or do we just keep moving? It's just going to have to be a, each situation is going to be different and unique. And it's interesting, he starts to talk about the concept of of kingdom division I mean he's using these things are really practical when you think about them he's saying okay okay let's just take what you're saying and if that were the case I'm fighting my own kingdom here and it's going to it's going to divide it that doesn't make any sense at all is what he's saying but he starts it out on a kingdom level And then it's brought to desolation. And then he moves it into a more smaller arena. And then he says, and into every house or or city or house divided, it won't stand or be able to histeme. Interesting. The different levels of division that come from which principality? Beelzebub. That's another characteristic. That's some of the ways that the Spirit-led pastor on this pathway, among others, of, of seeing characteristics of this being in scripture. And and he didn't ask me to say all this, but I felt as I was reading it, it needed to be said because some people are still, even with saying that and pointing it out, they're still gonna go, no, no, that's still Satan. It doesn't use Satan's the Greek term for Satan in the New Testament, right? It doesn't, it's not there. And that's that's just like the enemy. He wants everybody partnering with what he's doing and his corrupt nature and his subtlety and and there's no truth that's in him. And then he bring he does bring in Satan, okay, because he said, and if Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. Makes no sense at all. So Jesus identifies two beings. Beelzebub and, and Satan in this, in this one, one passage here, and they are different. If they were one and the same, he would have said, Satan, 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 all through it. But he doesn't. But he says, if by Beelzebub I cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? I mean, he's really, he's like, okay, you've tried this once, now you're trying it again, now I'm addressing it. Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the spirit of Theos, then the kingdom of Theos is come nigh. So you see both ends of the, the, the pendulum here. You've got Satan and Beelzebub and the spirit of God and the kingdom of God. And he uses, I see logic all through this. It's spiritual logic, but he's like, he's saying, okay, if I say, Beelzebub come out, and I'm operating from Beelzebub. I'm fighting my own kingdom, and it doesn't make any sense. It, it just It's weird how the enemy can get in there and twist. Boy, just listen to the media. Good grief. I mean, you, it's, like a, it's like a war. I don't even want to. I want to be informed the first thing in the morning, but after that, turn Fox News off. Turn it off. All they're going to do is regurgitate it. I want to hear, what's the update? Every morning in my house. Um, I don't do this, and my wife doesn't do it, and I love my mother-in-law, but seeing it a few times is good. But beyond that, I don't want to hear it anymore because we know. We know what the news of the day is, right? We know it's going to be corona. We know we're going to hear how many other people have died, how many more have been infected. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and it's just—it's the same old stuff. So it's like they're beating a dead horse. I just want to know what we need to face for the day and move on. Because otherwise, if we're not careful, we could get drawn into it and just start to go, start freaking out like everybody. a lot of people. I saw this one person that was in Walmart. They had a full-blown mask on, all covered over their whole face. I'm like, Seriously? And then you've got then you've got those that are fighting about what type of mask you need to be wearing. Okay, it needs to be full covering, no gaps coming out. And I'm like, you got a cloth mask on. It's gonna penetrate through that either. Hey, it that's so. <laughs> versus the little flimsy little white one that I wear. You know, it's got some gaps up underneath. Oh, you, it's got to be full. I'm like, it does not. Let's let's live by faith, and not by sight. And I'm being humorous here and. I hope you guys get the intent. It's just God knows exactly what's going on. We don't need to fear. We need to be wise in this year of wisdom and revelation. And it's going to be very interesting to see what comes uh, in the next few months as far as how God leads us. Now, let's look at Luke 11, verses 14 through 20. Now, I didn't put this on here, but I referenced it in brackets. Verses 1 through 13 starts out, with Jesus prosheuchomying in a certain place. The disciples were so impacted by what they heard and saw as he is prosheuchomying in this certain place. So much so that they turn to him and they say, Teach us to prosheuchomize like John's disciples did. So now he's saying, okay, John did this. He taught his disciples. Now we're seeing Jesus himself engaged in this type of, of, of prayer. And then in verse 14, it says, and, but in and after that, though, it says he goes into this big spiel about prayer and, and the giving of the saintly wind. And then in verse 14, immediately after those discussions about prosukamai prayer, being offered up at specific times and places, and and him teaching the disciples how to do this, and them expressing a desire, I think that's one thing that will be that's an indicator for all of us that people really want this as they they'll begin to express a true desire to go teach us how to do that, and because that's what's going on here in, in verses one through thirteen. And then he talks about giving the saintly wind. He's not going to, if we ask for, you know, uh, fish, he's not going to give us a stone. He goes through that whole thing about sons asking for things. And then he says, he completes it by saying, when you do this, I'm going to give you the saintly wind. And immediately after it, he starts casting out a devil. (laughs) It just seems out of place, but that's kind of the way it is. You know, these enemy forces, they realize the the context of what's going on here, the importance of the topic of proshuke prayer and the importance of the giving of the saintly wind that comes to empower sons to to operate and and fulfill the mission. And so they start stirring in the realm and and, and he starts casting them out and he says it was a dumb devil, (laughs) one that was specifically targeting the auditory and the visual capacities of an individual, And it came to pass, when the devil was going out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. Here's another instance wondered there, is this marveling. So you've got multitudes marveling, you've got people marveling at this. But some said again, here it is again, oh, he's casting out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. There's the word chief, prince, goes back to principality. But then there's another group that rises up. But others, tempting and seeking for a sign, sought him for a sign from heaven. So now you've got got the release of this miracle that's never been seen before or shown forth. You've got him being accused of using Beelzebub to make this thing happen. And now you've got sign seekers that are looking for stuff. And I'm thinking, did you not see what just happened? (laughs) And you're still asking for a sign? This thing had never been seen in all of Israel and they're still asking for a sign from heaven. I'm thinking, "My God, don't let us not see the signs." And ask for another sign. But that's what's going on. And maybe maybe I don't know, maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh, but I mean, here's a here's someone that was affected by a dumb spirit where they couldn't hear and see. Jesus comes on the scene. It's after a an instance of proshukomai prayer too, and the, and the release of the saintly wind in the middle of it, and then he he does this. That's a good, that's a great pattern for us to model as sons. That's how powerful that type of prayer is when we commune with God in that manner. We come out of it, we start talking about. Asking, seeking, knocking, and God giving us exactly what's needed for the moment. And for this moment, it was this dumb man being set free. And that's, that's a, great, a great sequence there. But he, knowing their thoughts, says, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every house divided against it is going to fall. Now he brings in another principle here about the house falling. And it's just really interesting his deliberations with um, his accusers, and he said, "How is that kingdom going to histeme? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub, and if by Beelzebub I cast them out, by whom are your sons casting them out?" So in one instance, he focused on children. In this case, he says sons. That's even the distinction that's here. I didn't study that out, but I see that now. But if by the finger of God so now he's just bringing in. Um, if we look back, let me let me look at this this verse here because there there is a distinction. He says, "By the spirit of God, and the kingdom of God." In this case, it's the finger of God and the kingdom of God. Interesting, isn't it? I mean, they're all related to one another, but there's it's different ways of him, him talking about how he's. A finger and a hand are different, right? They're connected to one another. But it's just very interesting. No doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. So I'm going to quickly move through the rest of this. Coming to a close here. Mark 9. This this is where it specifically says that this is a spirit. It's identified as foul, deaf, and dumb. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master... I brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. Dumb there just means mute. Just a different term used, but same principle. And whithersoever he takes him, he tears him. And he foams, and he gnashes with his teeth, and he pines away. And I spake to your disciples and they, can, they, they that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered and said unto them, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer? bring him unto me and they brought him unto him and when he saw him straightway the spirit not of the holy spirit the pneuma spirit teared him and he fell on the ground he wallowed foaming and he asked his father man i'm thinking jesus why, why are you focused on asking a question here why don't you just help the kid he's doing all this crazy convulsing and foamy. I mean, all of these manifestations are occurring. But he turns to the father and asks him a question. He said, how long ago did this happen? And he said, of a child. This enemy force was targeting this individual since they were a kid from their childhood. These guys aren't as stupid as some of these ministers portray them to be. This is a horrible situation that demons, demonic forces, are the source of. And we have the ability through God to be able to recognize this and to help people become freed. Now, I'm not, there will be some that will be possessed, but I believe there are a lot of people that are under the influence of these demonic forces. And they just don't recognize it. They don't know it. Um, I didn't know it for many, many years. Nobody had told me as a young boy. I didn't. My, some of the things I've shared with you guys about these experiences, I never told my dad or my mom. They they never talked about it. The only the only thing I remember my parents talking much about was you know dreams. They they were both dreamers and they would talk about those. But this wasn't a dream. It was different. You can't just go wake up one morning and say, Mom, you know this 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 demon came through the wall and tried to kill me last night because i just i didn't think anybody talked about it, so I just kept my mouth closed and so for so many years i didn't use the gift of of speaking to at all and this is the same kind of thing that's going on with this this this, this young uh, um, this person here, and oftentimes it'll cast him into the fire and into the water. Why? What's, what's the ultimate intent? To destroy him. The enemy is out to kill, steal, and to destroy anybody like this son here. He's out to, he doesn't like what we're doing. I mean, it's, it's okay. I'm not saying we don't have to fear. We know that. We've, we've lived long enough and we've walked long enough to know that God has our back. Right? We know that. But there are times when you're in the thick middle of, of darkness and warfare or whatever it might be and, and, and standing and fighting to where you don't think you're going to make it and God allows you to, to feel and to sense or see and you just have to stand and know that breakthrough comes, right? And and we know we know that principle. But my point is exposing. Maybe maybe you're hearing this and you're thinking, man, maybe that that is what's going on. Maybe maybe the reason why I'm not. I know I was. I know I'm a seer. I know I've. You know I'm, I'm speaking to that young man that asked me on a recent call uh, last week, he asked me this question. He said, man, I know I'm a seer. Even as a young boy, I would have open visions all the time. He says, I go out in the city, and, I, and all of a sudden, heaven would open, and things would start to happen. And then he said, over the years, things just, everything just shut off. And he asked me, he said, is a demonic force behind this? And I have to think at this point, over many years where he's not been using that gift, Yes. And I told him, I said, you need to take authority over this demonic force and you need to proclaim the liberating power of the Lord and and an activation, a reopening of this gift in some way. And and so that's what I told him. And so what was it, I think back for me, what was it that happened? I, I did, You can't do this in your own power. I can't muster up enough confidence in myself to go, oh, I'm going to speak today, I'm going to open my, it's not that at all. Every bit of what happened inside me was because of the igniting of the power of the Lord inside. So once that igniting happens and the anointing comes with it, that's when you can do things in His spirit that you can't do in your own ability and strength and that's what happened to me and i believe people across this world they need to hear messages like this to go you know what you are a you have a a an incredible gift to hear to hear cuz when you're given that ability auditorily you can't say oh it's just going to i'm just going to hear the voice of the lord so <laughs> cuz there's other voices out there that you will start to hear and just teaching people why why would God let me hear, you know, Beelzebub talking to me, or why would He let me hear this other voice? Well, He's trying to use it to expose those guys. Yeah, so, and that's another question that came up in this thing was somebody was like, "Man, I hear all these different voices." And I said, "Man, you're crazy," and I laughed. I said, "You have a, a, a an auditory gift to hear voices that some of us may not hear." But then on the other hand, this part of the body over here is seeing it. And you might be hearing what the voice is saying. But when you bring the the seeing and the hearing together in the body, man, you get a better better picture. And so here's this little boy. And when Jesus, the, the, the father's in tears at one point, Jesus sees the people running together. And he rebuked the foul spirit. Foul there is impure. And I put, this is, if you look at it, it, it the unclean spirit is very much a part of this in some ways. It just means the, the blocking of the flow of the pure. And he said to the dumb, and, uh, the dumb and the deaf person, dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out and enter into him no more. This Demonic Numa cried and rent him sore. Came out, and this young young son, this son was as one that was dead. Many thought said that he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and when he was coming to the house, the disciples asked him privately, Why could we not do this? And he said, This Genos comes forth by nothing but by prayer, prosuke, and fasting. There's another connective there with the Genos and the Prosuke. And I'm going to end with uh, Mark chapter 7. I've also listed there the works of Christ. John's in prison, and he asked, he said he had heard things about what Jesus was doing. Uh, he identified them as the works of Christ. And one of the things that uh, will attribute a, a, the work of a son is being used to cause death people that have auditory and visual giftings to come online, to where the deaf hear and the dumb hear. But in Mark 7, this involves a different kind of deliverance. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf, and he had an impediment in his speech And they beseeched him, saying, put your hands on him. And so here's the different kind of deliverance. In this case, Jesus takes him aside from the multitude. And he takes his fingers and he puts his fingers in his ears. And to make it even more uh, of a strange situation, he spits. And then he touches the tongue of the person. I would call that a different kind of deliverance. (laughs) And this this has always been a very bizarre thing with me. I'm just being honest with you. But we know what he did impacted this person to where they were able to speak plainly. And then he charged the disciples that they don't publish this and let it be known, but But we know every time he he said not to do that, they went ahead and spread his fame. And and they were were beyond measure astonished. I I would be as well. And said, he's done all things that are callous. He makes the dumb and the deaf to speak. So, in conclusion, there's there's a lot that's here. But... One of the main things that I, that I know the Lord wants us to, to see in this is to continue learning, being sensitive to the moving of His Spirit and His timing and act accordingly. And it's going to be different in each situation. In one case, we might direct our, directly speak to our naysayers, In another instance, we might just keep ministering and keep moving on the mission. In some cases, he might ask us to do some very bizarre things in order to see the deaf and dumb, hear and see. Now, I don't know if I could, you know, I'll do whatever the Lord says to do, but it's the the point of this last one here is be ready for some different kinds of of deliverance, and us being asked to do certain things like putting our fingers into the like putting in the ears, spitting, so don't go out and say, you know, Mark said I need to put my fingers in the ears, spit, and touch your tongue, right? I did not say that. When I say like this, that means sim- similar things. <laughs> now, if he says to do something like that, go for it, but you better we, we better make sure that it's him and not us. And so, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. And we're so encouraged by what you are doing in our midst. And no matter what it looks like around us, no matter what's being declared by all the voices in this world, we know that you dictate everything from your throne. And, Lord, you're leading and you're guiding our president and the people that are around him. And Lord, we, we pray that you'll continue to do that. We know that he faces a lot of severe opposition. And Lord, as intercessors, we stand on the behalf of leaders. And we declare that your kingdom's coming. And your will be is being done on earth as it is in heaven. Bless your people. Keep us, continue to keep us all safe and preserve us from all evil. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.